Let's pray and we'll get into the Word today. Father, thank you for who you are, what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. We thank you today for your Word. By your stripes, Lord Jesus, we're healed. God, we thank you that every bondage, every addiction is broken off of our lives because of the Word of God. The anointing, God, destroys your Word. So we bless you today, Lord. Give us eyes and ears and hearts to receive what you have for us this particular Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, so we're, I'm still in this series on, uh, on prayer. This is our sixth week. Uh, it was kind of part before and part after. Uh, I took a little uh, uh, speaking sabbatical in the month of August and uh, had a good time. I enjoyed serving in different areas of the church. We didn't take a sabbatical from the church, just some sabbatical from, from speaking and let some of our staff share. Some of our volunteers came up and shared. We still got one more to hear from. I told him this morning, I said, hold on to that message. I said, I'm going to use it. You're going to, you're going to, I'm going to have you speak it up here soon. So, uh, but anyway, I enjoyed that time of uh, just again serving in, in different areas of the church. And uh, so I appreciate you guys. Uh, love this church. So we've been talking about in prayer uh, last week. Let me just remind you what we're talking about because um, it was really important message. And it was, um, it was the reason that sometimes that our prayers don't get answered. And there's probably, probably several reasons, but I think three of the primary reasons were these. And one was, uh, it says in James chapter 3, verse 4, that you have not because you ask amiss. Another, one, another translation, the New Living Translation says, you have not because you ask with wrong motives for things just for you. And so that's one reason sometimes, again, that our motives are, our motives are, need to be checked. Uh, another thing is the timing. Sometimes it's just not the right timing uh, that we're praying for something and, and we don't get it. We think that God's saying no, and he's not saying no. He's just saying slow. It's just this is not the right time. And that other times there's, there's just something out of order in our life. And let's just say it what, bluntly, sometimes there's sin in our life, that we're walking in sin, uh, walking in unforgiveness, walking, not walking in love, is walking in sin. You know, when we pray, Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us of our debts, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now you think about what we're praying when we pray that, forgive me just like I forgive other people. And so if we don't forgive other people, then we're asking him not to forgive us, which is be kind of a crazy prayer request, but that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're asking. And then, uh, and then sometimes, again, like I just said, th- things are out of order. Remember that Jesus said in Matthew, I think it was chapter 17, he said that uh, if you bring a gift to the altar and you realize that you remember you have ought against your brother, leave your gift at the altar, go make things right with him, and then come back. So again, it's so important, again, that we walk in love and we walk in forgiveness. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of power that's available in the world today. But one of the greatest powers, if not the greatest power, and a lot of Christians don't realize this, is the power of prayer. Prayer is so powerful. That's why, you know, we could, we could go the rest of the year just talking about prayer and the importance of prayer and things. And like I said, this is why this is a, a six-week series. And I take it that you're not getting tired of it, right? There should be, there's something new every week, so don't get tired of the, of the subject. Prayer is so, so, so important. You know, oftentimes people will discover the power of prayer they discovered in, in desperate times. When they're desperate and because of dire circumstances, then they go, they go to the Lord. A couple of weeks back, Frank was teaching, Frank Pinno down here, he was teaching in the Great Hall of Faith series that our staff was doing. He talked about a, a man named Gideon, and he went to the book of Judges, and he was dancing all around this, uh, 
this area that I want to go to today because I want to talk to you about something in, in, in the book of Judges. Um, God, uh, in, in the book of Judges, you, we really read and see some very dark and menacing times that Israel was going through. God had given them the land of Canaan, and he told them to, to drive out all the inhabitants of the land, and God would help them, of course, do that as they obeyed him, but they fell short of that. They didn't drive all of them out, and, and, and the Amalekites and the Canaanites and, and different ones, they didn't, they didn't get, them, get them out of the land, again, with God's help. In fact, not only did they not get them out, but they began to fellowshipping and intermarrying with them, and then they, they began worshiping their gods. And a phrase that we hear over and over and over in the book of Judges is this phrase, and Israel, or they, talking about Israel, did evil in the eyes of God. So let's look at this, another a place where it says that in Judges chapter 4. This is, uh, this is after Gideon. This is another judge. Uh, we'll tell you about her in just a moment. But uh, Judges chapter 4, verse 1, this is out of the NIV. It says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord now that Ehud had died. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. Sisera was the commander of the army, was based in, let's say that's Harasheth Agam, Haragath Hagogam. Let's just say Hillsborough. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried out to the Lord. So after 20 years, they found they cried out to the Lord for help. Now, I want you to think about that. Think about that. Anyone that was 20 years old and under, this is all that they had ever known was cruel oppression. Cruel oppression from this king and from this, this commander that was, had these 900 chariots that I loved. He probably loved her have his men ride around at him and harass the, the Israelites. Even though Israel was God's covenant people, God wasn't going to look the other way. It wasn't going to look the other way because of their rebellion, because of their disobedience. And God's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. God loves us for God so loved the world that he died for us. He died for the world. He died for us. And even though we're his people, we're his Christians, we're believers, he won't look the other way in our sins as well. Verse 3 says, again, it said at the end there, it says, and they cried out to the Lord for help. And that was the beginning. That cry out the beginning was the beginning of a breakthrough. But here's what I want you to see today. You ready? Say, I'm ready. Give it to me. All right, here it comes. Not all answers, not all answers from God come in the same package. Now, does that surprise anybody? Well, of course not. But sometimes we think that they're going to come in a, in a certain way. That's why I'm showing you this, this lesson today from Judges. God was about to break this 20-year bondage for Israel that they had over them because they had finally humbled themselves and asked for God for help. But God's answer is not going to come like they think perhaps that it's going to come. They're probably like most of us. We have an expectation when we pray and we ask God for something, when we go before the throne of grace and we ask God for, for healing or we ask God for a job, we have this idea of how God is going to bring that healing or how God is going to bring that job, how he's going to open those things up. So I'm sure Israel, when they cried out to God for help to be delivered from this oppression, they probably had some ideas of how God was going to do that. They probably heard maybe some stories from their great-great-grandfather, how God had delivered them out of Egypt and just different things that had happened. Uh, but anyway, isn't this the way that it's supposed to work, that we have a need, we go to God in prayer, and God answers our prayer? 
Isn't that the way that it's supposed to work? So again, we asked him, we had this idea of how he's going to do it. You know, when we came down here in 1998 to uh, pioneer a church here, uh, I had some ideas. And this is something I learned. I just quit throwing out my ideas. Just let God have his own. God, how do you want to do this? God, have your way. Your will be done. Because the church that I came out of had at least six, seven millionaires in it. And in my thinking, and I, and I asked the church, I asked them, they, they gave me permission to get up and ask the church to, to uh, told them we were pioneering the church, to uh, ask them if they would pray for us, uh, pray for Paul and I and our families. We left to go do that. And we asked them if they would consider supporting us, uh, if, if, uh, supporting us for a year. I said, I believe that after one year, we'll be self-supporting, uh, with a church will be self-supporting. And, uh, and of course, in that way, as I said that, you know, of course, I had in my mind, I had a couple millionaires in my mind that I was, I was friends with. And I knew, man, there's, I mean, they could help us get a building. They could help us get chairs. They could help us get something. Man, they got, these guys could set us up in a thing. Not one of them gave. <laughs> there were several people that did. Some widows and different people gave $25 a month. There's a couple that gave us $50 a month for not just for a year, but they did it for like four or five years. They just kept giving. But um, the people did give. And, and again, if God was faithful, in a year we were self-supporting. God is so good, isn't he? So um, in this scenario, in this scenario here in Judges, God had another idea of how he was going to deliver Israel. And it was going to be a bold, daring action on the part of Israel. Deborah was the prophetess. I mentioned just a moment ago, Deborah was the prophetess and also a judge. Then uh, She gave a prophetic word to a man named Barak. To a man named Barak. Now, who in the heck is Barak? There's not a lot said about him. He wasn't like a great military leader because again, remember these people, Israel was, was being oppressed. And if you're being oppressed by uh, a country or a nation, they're not going to let you raise up an army. The only people that would let you do that would be the United States. Just let that, I'll get off that horse before I get on it and ride it too hard. Do you know how much land the Chinese own in, in our country? I mean, it is thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. Why am I telling you that? <laughs> I don't know. I guess when I, when I think about this story that there's nobody with the barrack couldn't have been a, a, a military leader because those Canaanites were, weren't foolish enough to let them get armies in their, in their land. The United States, help them, Lord. So again, my point is this. We don't know much about Barak. We don't know. Maybe he was a farmer. Maybe he was a shepherd. Maybe he was a tradesman. We don't know much about him. But one thing that we do know about him and maybe you didn't know this till this morning, he is listed in the great hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I don't know why none of our staff picked Barak to do a, do a study on. But again, we don't, because we just don't know much. We don't know much about it. But here's what Deborah, here's what Deborah, the judge said to Barak. She said, the Lord, the God of Israel commands you, talking to Barak, commands you, Barak, commands you to go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtala, Zebulon, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. Verse 7 says, I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Now, again, who was, who was Barak? That, how's he going to get, you know, if I told you, hey, we're, gonna, we're going to war, uh, um, Frank, 
We're going to go to war. Go get 10,000 people, and we're going to, we're going to go to war. I mean, you know, it's, he, again, this guy, didn't, he wasn't some former king or something. He was just barren. So he told him to go get, go, go get these. So um, here's, here's, his response is, to me, I find it comical. Verse 8 says this, Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Now, no offense, but he's talking to a woman. Now, I know that sounded bad. I didn't mean it to sound bad, so don't get mad at me. But he said this to this, this, this woman judge. I won't go. I'll go if you go with me. He wasn't talking about the Lord. I'll go if the Lord goes with me. He was talking to Deborah, the judge. I won't go unless you go with me. In other words, what he is saying is, if you don't go with me, I won't obey God. That's another way he said that. Listen, here's the reason I'm telling you this, and I want you to see this, is, is sometimes God answers in ways that we expect. Like again, when you pray for healing, you expect God to, the, 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 the sickness or the symptoms to begin to leave your body in a, in a time frame immediately or over the next few hours or days or whatever. We ex- that's how we expect God to do that. But Deborah, again, when she went with him, she went with him, she told him something. She told him something that this was, this was so important. She said, I'll go with you. She says, but you will not receive any glory or honor for this. You won't receive any glory or honor for this because people are going to say that God gave them into the hands of a woman. And this is what I love about Barak. He's like said, okay, okay. He didn't care. He had no ego. Perhaps maybe that's the reason he's in the great hall of faith is because he had no ego. He just obeyed God. He did what God told him to do. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He gathered 10,000 people. And here's what Deborah said to him. She says, this is the day. Today, God is giving Sisera into your hands. As they went charging down the mountain, they routed Sisera and his army. And again, you can read the whole story for yourself. I encourage you to. It's it's an interesting story. But again, it was it was that decisive day that God, in one day, God set them free from that 20 years of oppression. And it says that, later says that they went 40 years uh, set free. Then guess what they did? And Israel did evil in the sight of God. So let me ask you a question. What Deborah said in verse 14, the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. This day, as they were getting ready to head down that mountain, she said to him, Barak, this day, God has given Sisera into your hands. Let me question is has given is that is that is that future tense present tense or past tense has given past tense is past tense that's so important to remember because they're on their way down the mountain and she's saying to him God has given him to you God has already given him to you all the promises of God again are yes and amen if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from your wicked ways and seek my face, then, thank you, then while I hear from heaven. There was a promise, but there was still a conditional based on it, those four things. We do those things, God will do those things that he promises. Over and over in the Bible, we see that the promises of God are conditional. I wonder if anyone's ever in that 10,000 group, I wonder if any of them suggested, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's don't, don't go quite yet. He was fixed to give the charge to go down the hill. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, think, I feel led that the Lord that we should have a praise and worship service. I just think that would be important for us to go to the Lord in prayer. As good as a praise and worship service would be, as good as spending time in, in prayer about that, 
that does it have it has his time, but it wasn't when the command is giving, being given to go down down the hill. Again, it has his time, but it wasn't that time. So it says right here, again, remember the victory was only possible when Israel obeyed what God told them to do. In verse uh, 15, Judges chapter chapter 4 still, at Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and the army by the sword. Sisera got down from his chariots and he fled on foot. So he got away from being killed in that battle. Now, here's the question. How does that apply to us? How does that apply to us? Our victory comes when we step out in faith and obey God. You say, well, I just prayed for this and he didn't give me any directive to say, well, just obey the word. Always obey in the word of God. Always obey God's word. Again, could it be sometimes that we fail to receive, that we fail to receive God's best because we didn't cooperate with his purposes, didn't cooperate with his plans, because we didn't cooperate with what he told us, he told us to do. I think part of the problem is that we're, that oftentimes we're, we're not supposed to just seek God for things, for and we do, we can, we do go to the Lord. He says, the Lord tells us, come boldly before the throne of grace to ask for, for in times of needs for our needs. But again, it's oftentimes that we're, we t- should come asking for direction. We should ask for, because we pray, thy will be done in, on earth as it is in heaven. So there's times we just, sometimes we're just seeking, asking God for things. Let me give you one more thing before I close. One more thing. In this story, in this story, there were some people that were missing in action. There were some people that were missing in action when Barrett assembled the 10,000 people as they were going down that hill. There were some people in action. And Deborah mentions those who drew back. She mentions those in a prophetic song that the Lord gave her. And in this song, not Deborah, but God rebukes those who were AOL. Anybody in the military know what AOL means? What's it mean? What's AOL mean? Thank you. Absent without leave. In the military, if you go away, you don't show up on the base, and you don't have leave, they don't give, in other words, you ain't signed, they signed off on you, you are absent without leave, and uh, you are subject to uh, a court-martial, you're subject to, I mean, that would be an extreme case, but you're subject, you can't just leave the base when you want to uh, on, a, I mean, on an extended uh, time. That's considered AOL, and so the they were rebuking these people. They were AOL. And she gives honor in this song, in this prophetic song, she gives honor to those who fought in the battle, who came and went down that hill with them. But those who weren't, it wasn't good. It wasn't pleasant. Listen to what it says in verse 23. Cursed, Miraz, said the angel of the Lord, cursed its people bitterly. Not just a person, but a people bitterly because they did not come to help the Lord. They helped the Lord against the mighty let me read that again because they did not come to help the lord to help the lord against the mighty apparently god didn't look too kindly on those who didn't show up when they were supposed to when they were going down the hill they didn't show up and god did not look at that very kindly when they had their fellow countrymen who were risking their lives again i want you to notice this is important notice they weren't being cursed because of something that they did they were cursed because of something they didn't do do you know there's, there's two kinds of sins? There's the sin of commission. That's the sin when we commit sins, when we lie, we cheat, we steal, fornication, adultery, when we commit a sin, that's the sin of commission. But a sin of omission, 
A sin of omission is when we omit to do something that we know that we should have done. It says in James chapter 4, verse 17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. When we know that we should love someone, when we know that we should help someone, when we know these things that we should do and when we don't do it, the Bible says that that's sin. We need to be watchful when we pray, when we petition God for such times, for such directions that God would give us. Is God giving you directions? Is God would to, maybe it'd be something that's attached to the thing that you're asking God for. Maybe it's a job and maybe there's something that God wants you to do. So I guess my point is don't just wait, let's look for the hands of God just to, for his blessings. Look for his directives as well. Amen. Praise God. Those that didn't show up for battle, again, they didn't just miss the battle. They didn't just miss the battle because they overslept or because they had something going on. They just, they just, they purposely didn't want to go to that. It's vital in our times of prayer, again, that we seek God, not just his hands out to bless us. But again, God, what do you want to do? It's imperative, imperative that we follow God's directives. That's what the message is today. Pay attention, pay attention to what God is saying to you. Because if your prayers, this is still kind of under that hindrance as to getting our prayers answered. If we're not, if we're not obeying him, if we're not listening for him, his directives, you know, it's, it would be, we're frustrated because God is not answering what we're asking him to do. Maybe again, I just can't seem to get healed. I can't seem to find a job. My finances are just, uh, my finances are cursed and I just can't seem to do anything. What's God telling you to do? God's not some evil, wicked parent that just, he wants to, uh, he wants to hurt you or he wants to cause trouble in our lives. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger will not follow. Listen for the voice of God. Listen for his whispers. Sometimes God doesn't yell, but listen to his quiet whispers and obey him. If you're having trouble, again, with hindrances to your prayers, check that area of your life out. I think a lot of times it's because people aren't obeying what God's trying to get them to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word again today. Thank you for these scriptures. Lord, forever, oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. As far as you're concerned, it's a done deal. We bless you today. We honor you. We magnify your name in this place. We magnify you. We thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that you lead us and guide us. You are a good shepherd. You don't leave us without support. You don't leave us without directions. So, Father, open the eyes of our understanding. Open our ears to hear clearer your voice the leading of the holy spirit we bless you we honor you in jesus name we pray